Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning at you. And, uh, <laughs> wow. Well, the hits just keep on coming, huh? I was going to mention, was it yesterday? This disquieting thing I had heard that, um, and the thing I had heard was that uh, Justice Kennedy might announce his resignation the last day of the term. And uh, I just, it was it was like a piece of information I couldn't process. <laughs> <laughs> refused to, and I said to myself, oh, he wouldn't. He just couldn't. Why would he give his seat to Donald Trump? Well, that question remains to be answered because he's done just that. And I... It, it says something. I mean, he, that would, I, I'm stunned that he did it. My sense of him was that he was no Trumpite and that he would not want to see uh, the court uh, stuck in a hard right politicized position for the next 40 years. But in so many things these uh, recent years, I've, I miscalculated. I didn't get it right. So uh, the reality is, is that we are now going to have a Supreme Court, which, I mean, I didn't have much faith in the court to help us anymore because Kennedy was hardly, I mean, he wasn't a liberal. He was just somebody that every once in a while uh, threw a bone to uh, folks like us and enraged the right by doing so. There would be no gay marriage without him. There would, uh, I suspect, be no Roe v. Wade without him because he stymied uh, efforts in, in both instances to, uh, to criminalize such behavior, gays marrying and women, women having control of their reproductive lives. He also was there for standing for affirmative action policies uh, where they would have been long gone and pretty much are. He's saved them in more than one instance and also was, was open to... Um, criminal justice reform, death penalty issues, overcrowding issues. Those are the uh, decisions that we applaud him for. Uh, he wrote uh, the Citizens United decision, one of the worst decisions in the court's modern history, I would say. Uh, another one of the worst being the one that ha occurred just the other day in regard to the upholding of Trump's uh, clearly racially discriminatory travel ban. But this term, he was not with us at all. So he voted with the majority to allow the outrageous political gerrymandering and the consequent uh, voter suppression uh, in Texas to stand.
He voted to protect the Christian baker. But he was capable of not being an ideologue, of not hewing to a specific party platform. And that will not be the case of whoever uh, takes his seat. You know, the way the the way the country was supposed to work was these, you know, countervailing forces, uh, checks and balances, and uh, these three uh, branches of government co-equal. But it ain't working right now. You have a Supreme Court, you have a justice, uh, you know, the, the justice end is um, pretty much a wholly owned subsidiary now of uh, the Trump party, as is the Congress, legislative, and of course, the executive, White House. So there will be no checks. There will be no balances. And if the American people's vote truly counted, this would not be the case. Because as you know, more Americans in the last six presidential elections, the last six national elections, more Democrats, millions more, I don't mean Democrats, Americans. Millions more Americans voted for the Democrats. So we have this situation now where despite all the accolades that have been showered on our struct the structure of our government, that it ain't working the way it was supposed to. If this is supposed to be in some measures a representative democracy, and the majority of people have clearly spoken year after year after year that they favor one party over another, and yet the party they favor is in the desert, wandering, with no power at all. No power at all. Something is really wrong really wrong. So for the first time in my life, uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not working. I mean, if you're a strict believer in uh, the idea of majority rule, then you have to admit that we have minority rule in this country now and have for some time. And anybody holding out hope that somehow two Republicans, I guess that's what we need, <laughs> two Republican senators are going to all of a sudden, <laughs> why would that be, grow a backbone and stand against a Trump nominee to the court. I, I mean, I think that is absolute delusional thinking. They have shown over and over and over and over and over and over again, you know, they ain't going to do that. So as far as I can tell, I don't see any way that Republicans uh, will uh, be stopped from after stealing uh, Merrick Garland's seat 
and giving it to Neil Gorsuch, now having an opportunity to take another. Because they play with two playbooks. There's one playbook for when they're in power, and there's another playbook for when Democrats are in power. And they're blatant about it. If you yell hypocrite at them, they just, I mean, they absolutely, no problem. Because, and we were talking about this uh, yesterday a bit, what they are about, and always have been about, is power. They understand the game of politics. It's about who holds power. And they play as rough as the rules allow, and then some. Democrats, on the other hand, don't even play as rough as the rules allow. So, I, I, yeah, to say that I despair is, um, <laughs> is an understatement. Um, the idea that abortion could again become illegal in this country is very real now, very real. Or if they aren't willing to go quite that far, what they will do is essentially make it illegal by making it impossible to access, which they've done very well even up to this point. But they can uh, really do the job now. And as for gay rights, any further movement on that score, forget about it. And you can bet with more and more Supreme Court rulings like the cake ruling and the florist ruling, they will again push back and back against protections for gay people. So I All you guys, everybody who voted, who did not vote for Hillary Clinton, for whatever reason, because she wasn't Bernie, because they just didn't like her, because whatever, some of them actually voted for Trump, some voted for third party, all of them by taking their votes away from the Democratic candidate gave us this court we're going to live with for the rest of our lives, gave us this monstrosity as president, gave us a future what looks in, that looks increasingly frightening. And one tweet I saw, and I don't even, I'm not. One tweet I saw, because a lot of feeling about this from people, and it just says, Susan Sarandon, Cornell West, Rosario Dawson, Mark Lamont Hill, Jill Stein, all you Bernie voters, third party voters all, you people who just stayed at home, who didn't see a dime's worth of difference between them, those just too lazy, those who couldn't bother, those who will now be screaming and crying as their rights are eroded and their jobs lost and the standing of their country diminished. you got to own this. You own it. You own it, even though all the rest of us have to suffer for it. You own it. And you have not only plagued us now, you have plagued generations to come. Watch as our water gets dirtier, our food less safe. Watch as we 
cage children. Watch. You just keep watching. Watch as we cozy up to every dictator in the, on the face of the earth. Watch. You own it. Simple as that. And you can apologize till you're blue in the face. And I, for one, cannot accept it. The damage you have done to this country is, I suspect, irreparable. Great job. Caller, go ahead, please. Hello, Lynn. Yeah. You were saying about peeling off a couple Republicans. Well, didn't the Democrats vote for Gorsuch, some of them? I believe, yeah. Yeah, no, I think so. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about it. Democrats, they're going to have a hard time getting all the Democrats in line this time. There's going to be someone to vote for this. Well, I'll tell you, any Democrat who votes for whatever uh, nominee Trump puts forward, uh, man, that Democrat will be primaried, will be, will be hounded for the rest of his or her life, I can assure you. And there might be more than one. I agree with you. Because Democrats, uh, I, I just think it's office holders in general don't seem to have, I mean, they have no spines. Democrats don't play tough, and Republicans are frightened to uh, go against their party leadership. I don't know. I, I want to know, what idiot, what idiot said that if you put in a federal judge appointment or Supreme Court judge got a life job? What idiot did that? Because that's the dumbest friggin' thing I've ever heard. There's no job in the world like that. Another thing, these guys, a well, lot of them are just lawyers. They weren't let even me, judges. Though. I know, I know. Let, let me. Political appointments is all I, they are. Yes. I don't think much about the Supreme Court. I like Ginsburg. I like her. The rest of them, uh, I don't know. That other one they hired got in there, that one on Baltimore. I like her, too. But the rest of them, they're, I don't know. If you look at their past, they're nothing to brag about. Listen. But who, who did it? And the Founding Fathers. The Founding Fathers. It's in the Constitution. I don't think so. Oh, yeah. They said that. I don't think it's in the Constitution. That's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't know. It is. It is? Yes. Well, it's time to change it. It's, so huh. our, our system of justice and government is flawed and fragile. It's, it's, and we brag about it, but here you go in a situation now with this idiot in here. It's showing how flawed we are. I ain't never thought much of the Founding Fathers to begin with. To me, they were a bunch of drunks, <laughs> slave owners, whoremasters, whatever you want to call them. So I'm not impressed by those guys at all anyway. And the Bill of Rights, they decided to stumble along. If you watch some of the history and some of the programs about that, that's something to come along later. Oh, yeah, I guess we've got to figure that out now. So they're not all that in a bag of chips, as whatever name used to say. So, our system is flawed. Anybody tells you it's the best system in the world, they're full of shit. Because it's flawed and it's fragile and it's showing it right now. That's all i got to say. So, have a nice day. Yeah, you should take a vacation too. Don't be telling me to take a friggin' vacation. Jeez. (laughs) What happened to my little constitution I carried all the time? I can't find it. Um... Okay, can we just, just for a moment, oh, I was going to say we'll just break away from this for a second, but then, in fact, the obituary of the uh, week is going to, uh, well, Daisy Cadabill, K-A-D-I-B-I-L, Daisy Cadabill, died at the age of 95. Yeah, I didn't know her name either. But I knew her story, 
And the only reason I knew her story was because they made it into a movie. Which ripped my heart out, this movie. I think it won a number of awards. It came out in 2002. And it was called Rabbit Proof Fence. And in fact, it a fence played a big role in the movie. It's set in Australia. Uh, and a fence was built, sort of like China's Great Wall. It went for miles and miles and miles and miles, and it was put there to keep rabbits <laughs> from farm fields. You know, Australia is such a huge, huge, huge expanse, and much of it so sparsely populated. And where the rabbit-proof fence was, was one of those parts. Daisy Catabill in 1930 was eight years old. And the government essentially kidnapped her. The Australian government took her and her sister and her cousin Gracie from their home, from their families, and sent them hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles away to a government school where Daisy and Rosie and Gracie could be properly educated, could be westernized, because Daisy Catabill was an Aboriginal Australian, the first people there. And then, of course, the white folks came. And do you know, for decade after decade after decade, the Australian government stole the children of these native Australians, took them to these schools where they were forced to speak English, where they were forced to look and act as if they were Europeans. Where they were indoctrinated in the ways of the European culture instead of their own. Now, <laughs> this was done in the United States as well, as you know, right? This was done in Canada. All those well-meaning white folks stealing children, wrenching them from their mother's arms because they somehow knew better. And a book was written about Daisy and the other two little girls. Daisy was the oldest. She was eight. And after she was kidnapped and brought to this strange place with strange people and the indoctrination began, 
She could think of one thing and one thing only, and that was escape. I've got to get home to my mom. We've got to get home to our families. And the astonishing thing is this child and these two other child, these three young, young girls, barefoot, set off. They got out, they escaped, and set off on what was a treacherous trek north using the rabbit-proof fence as a guide. No compass, no nothing, no maps, no GPS, no shelter, no food, nothing. These three, practically babies. And the authorities went out. They were scouring. They were looking for them. The girls managed to continue to elude them. And unbelievably, after nine weeks, nine weeks, no shelter, no food, those girls made their way home. The movie is astonishing. I mean, it is the story I just told you. When the movie came out, uh, the critic for the New York Times said it was a devastating portrayal of this disgraceful government policy. I mean, if things are in your head saying, whoa, 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 yeah, we're snatched, we're kidnapped. Our government is right now, right now, in 2018, pulling babies and children from their mother's arms. Do you know that the policy by the uh, Australian government continued into the early 1970s? Daisy Catabill was the last surviving girl who made that heroic, astonishing, Escape. The policy was legalized kidnapping. And it's the policy of this American government now. Amazing. So God bless her. She lived a long life with her people. And her children and her grandchildren became leaders of their aboriginal communities. But that is a rare story, of course. Others might have escaped, but nobody did what those three did. And if you if you have... If you have the time, that is an extraordinarily great movie. Rabbit Proof Fence. Um... 
So uh, the president is now going to have, a, after things went so well with uh, Kim Jong-un, he's uh, going off to uh, Finland to uh, meet with his boss, Vladimir Putin. Um, in just, uh, what, about three weeks. And if you think uh, Kim Jong-un rolled him, <laughs> wait, just wait. And speaking of Kim Jong-un, uh, 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 can, can you see this headline? Can you see that? That is a headline from today's Wall Street Journal. Not from Mother Jones, not from the New York Times, not from some leftist newspaper that you won't. It's from the effing Wall Street Journal. North Korea upgrades nuclear facility. Now, personally, this is the first I heard of that. I'm not surprised. I appreciated the information and the satellite picture, which shows the upgrading. The satellite picture was taken uh, nine days after Kim Jong-un and Trump shook hands. And nine days after Trump said, when he lands, which is going to be shortly, I think that he will start the process of denuclearization right away. These pictures show that North Korea is not only not <laughs> getting rid of its nuclear facilities, it is upgrading them, and it suggests the pictures at a rather rapid pace. Satellite photos show that it appears the North Koreans have modified the cooling system of one of its plutonium production reactors and erected a new building near the cooling towers. Construction also observed at a light water reactor as well. Is this going to get covered? Huh? As he goes off to get rolled by Vladimir Putin? Did you hear this anywhere on the news? Speaking of the news, And I'm getting local here. few things. Number one, the employees of the Post-Gazette were informed yesterday in a memo uh, that the Post-Gazette, uh, in a matter of, uh, I think right around the time that uh, Trump gets rolled by Putin in Finland, uh, the Post-Gazette will cease publishing a print edition two days of the week, which two days they did not uh, make clear. But the Post-Gazette will be reduced to a five-day paper, thus it will no longer be a daily, not in a print, not in print. And... Um, <laughs> This was done at the Cleveland Plain Dealer, I believe, a few years back. And, man, that paper went down fast. The Post-Gazette's um, digital stuff is, is not terribly impressive, if you ask me, but that's where they're obviously heading. Uh, there will be no daily 
newspaper in Pittsburgh um, in just a few weeks? None. Is that a big enough story? And you can bet the five days that it is going to publish will become four and then become two and then maybe just one. Maybe they'll keep a Sunday edition. Who the hell knows? But wave goodbye and uh, that's the end of that. So, where are you going to get your news, huh? You think you're going to get your news from local television? Uh, I'd be very careful about that. I don't know how aware you are of something really rather extraordinary that also happened yesterday. But at District Attorney Stephen Zapala's uh, news conference regarding the arrest of the police officer who murdered Antoine Rose. Two of the three television stations in town who have news operations, ongoing news operations, were called out. Called out, by the way, to applause by other reporters there. Those stations are KDKA and WPXI. My former employer, WTAE, was not called out because it did not report absolutely false information regarding the Antoine Rose story. On Friday, viewers of... KDKA and WPXI were told by reporters that there was a video that showed Antoine Rose shooting a gun in the drive-by shooting in Braddock. If you watch those two stations, that's what you were told. While all those protesters were in the street, oh, looky what we got here. There is video showing him minutes before his own death of shooting out the window of the car. It was also reported that forensic testing showed that he had gunpowder on his shooting hand. Both WPXI and KDKA informed their viewers in this huge story, huge and important story. And it was false. It was flat out wrong. It was no doubt cops who act as sources for certain reporters feeding gullible reporters with no true proof whatsoever because how can you have proof of something that is not true that this indeed happened. So, what's amazing about this is that immediately, almost immediately after those newscasts ran, the district attorney's office sent out a release saying, a very detailed statement that what they were reporting was absolutely false. And listen to this. The DA spokesperson, Mike Manko, 
said that when they sent that information out to KDKA and PXI, they were, this is his words, quote, met with such defiance and arrogance that it was deeply offensive and bitterly disappointing. Now, in my decades in journalism in this town, I have never, ever seen a statement like that from the DA. So understand this and choose your stations accordingly. They, these stations, reported absolutely false information in an extremely important case and then when told by the district attorney's office hey, you guys it's absolutely not true not true there is no video of him shooting because he didn't and there's no residue on his hands because he didn't correct that immediately you got people in the streets. What did that what did those false reports do to the potential for confrontation in the streets? Huh? Counter protesters taking on the protesters, huh? What did it do? Did it, it ratcheted up the tensions, right? And it truly misinformed tens of thousands of people who won't necessarily hear a correction, right? So, Manko also said at the briefing, He called these guys out in person and with other reporters there. Quote, you failed. You continue, continuously fed this community information that was wrong. You failed the community that feeds you information for your programs. You failed the people directly affected by this crime. And you failed the consumers of your product. Now, my understanding is, is that KDKA did an on-air apology. My understanding is also that WPXI refused to. And that is amazing. And that tells you something. And it's frightening what it tells you. It tells you that we have one totally rogue, apparently, news operation in this town that now knowingly misleads its viewers. Amazing. Norma writes, could you remind everyone of the Families Belong Together rally, which is this Saturday. It's at Mellon Square. Mellon Square? Is that the thing right here? Above the parking ramp? What's Mellon Square? Is that the on Smithfield? Across from like the William Penn Hotel? It will be held at Mellon Square at 11 a.m. on Saturday to protest the family separation policy. Uh, the bigger rally in Washington, D.C. Uh, will be happening at the, uh, at the same time, okay? 
but yeah, 11 here, it'd be good to have a big, big crowd because, um, yeah, the fact is, is even though they are now under a federal judge's order to get these kids back to their parents, the reality is they don't know how to. They stole these kids, they kidnapped these children, and had no system in place to ensure that they would then be able to reunite them with their families. Extraordinary. We have a call. Hello, caller. No? Hung up? Okay. Um, Bob and Braddock said, I honestly thought you were going to say this to the Bernie and anti-Hillary voters who made Trump's presidency responsible. Well, I came close, Bob, and then I decided to take the high road. And what he thought I was going to say is, fuck you. I, I feel it. I can't forgive it. I still haven't forgiven the people who voted for Nader in Florida and gave us George W. Oh, you very principled voters. I vote my conscience. Therefore, I will give you an Iraq war, I will give you George W. as president, and I will give you Donald Trump as well. Thank you very much, and fuck you. We have a caller. Hi, caller. Hey, Lynn, it's John. Yeah, yeah actually, that's... <laughs> I think uh, the uh, the last sentence you reiterated there uh, is basically how I'm feeling. Uh, I mean, you're you're talking to someone who feels guilty that I didn't, you know, I didn't do more to persu- to persuade others to vote for Hillary Clinton in the last election that I didn't donate more money, even though at the time I was out of a, a job for the first time in a decade or in more than a decade. I mean, I'm loath to to antagonize any allies. Because we're all going to need them in the upcoming decades. Um, just as like I've been loath to go after Republicans like Steve Schmidt or Jennifer Rubin, who uh, you know have finally come come around to the, the you know the side of the yeah you know well, I uh, welcome them. of the American people. But I at the same time. I, just there's a part of me that wishes I could just you know wring Bernie Sanders' neck and those of all the Bernie Bros and Broettes and the Stein idiots and the Gary Johnson fools. I, you know, I mean, especially after the Mitch McConnell hijacked the Supreme Court seat. How? How could anyone continue to argue against voting? Because they don't get it. They don't understand. They really don't get it. They think voting is a way for them to emote, I think. They think voting is a way for them to get the, you know. And and I understand that, but that's a misconception. (laughs) Voting is a sacred duty in which you need to carefully consider what the stakes are, uh, what the consequences may be if one candidate prevails and another does not, especially if you're voting for a third-party candidate who has no chance whatsoever. You have to look at what the consequence might be since your emotive vote is not going to get you what you wanted so then you have to think about what could it beget. And all of those people who just found in with principle and their emotions and because they hated her or, you know, he got he was not treated well by the Democratic Party, fine and dandy. We can have that discussion because I think there's a lot of truth in that. I wasn't wild about Hillary either. 
But my God, I understood what the stakes were. And all of you who don't bother to understand the stakes and understand that there is a winner and there is a loser. And that's about it. It's as simple as that. There's not something else where your dreams get realized. No. And the winners control things. And we are seeing a nightmare unfolding as a result of people's stupidity. And not, not only in, two, not only in two, 2016, but also in 2014. Well, yeah. When yeah. Democratic voters stayed home. Yeah. And, and the and Republican assholes retook the Senate. Yeah. Yeah. So, and well, you can't blame like them for yeah, voting. No, Democrats are... Correct. We have no... The Democratic Party is just ridiculously uh, incompetent and uh, flaccid. It's a flaccid operation. And it's why the woman in the Bronx, uh, you know, rolled this very powerful Democrat the other day, too. Because all it takes is a little work to knock these guys off. Yeah. That was shown here with knocking the Costas off. And it'll happen over and over and over again. And the good news is, is that is bringing a lot of, look at these young, energetic, young women coming into the party. And uh, that bespeaks a possible resurrection at some point, whether there's a country uh, to be governed at, uh, by the time the resurrection happens, I don't know. This is, it. I, I cannot overstate uh, how awful things are right now and how foreboding the future appears to me. I mean, yeah, I mean, what, like I said, what stuns me, I, I know someone not, not personally, but someone that um, I, I, you know, I've done some like freelance writing and design and artwork for, for uh, mostly web-based companies in the last like 12 years and it's still, you know, it's just a sideline. But I know a, a trans woman that I had worked on a project with who, you know, despised Hillary Clinton and didn't, you know, and voted for, you know, Jill Stein instead. And I'm thinking, I don't care how inauthentic you think her support for your community would be. How could you possibly? They don't get it. Possibly. They don't understand. They're stupid and lazy. And, and self-indulgent. That is a self-indulgent vote, a third-party vote, especially I mean, when the consequences she, are so she's dire. A transsexual woman. Yeah. Well. Okay. Fine. You know, she better. I hope. I hope that she's going to enjoy the next uh, forty years with a Supreme Court that we got now. I really yeah, hope. We're going we're to be feeling the effect. I mean, we're going to be governed at the, at the highest judicial level unless. Like you said, unless you know, some measures can be taken to ameliorate the situation. We're going to be, you know, feeling the effect. We're going to be have a, a tyranny of the minority on on the Supreme Court for the next generation, the next yeah. twenty-five. Oh, plus more years. than a generation? No, three, four generations easily. Certainly, the rest of my life, um, I will hunker down, uh, you know, in a fetal position every time uh, there's a su new Supreme Court ruling coming out. It'll, it'll be horrific. It'll just be frighteningly horrific. And let's not forget that the two oldest uh, members of that court uh, yeah, are yeah. both uh, liberal liberals. And how long they so, can yeah, hang I, on, I, I don't know. Just, just, just maybe if we can... If, if the nation does make it through in a recognizable form, and if if the Democrats you know can regain power in the near future, do you, do you think maybe they can take the lesson that they need to pack the court, they need to successfully do what FDR tried to do seventy years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. All righty, John. Bye. Because frankly, Bye. And, you know. And frankly, like you said, I mean, get rid of Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. Uh, 
their time is people in there yeah that, their time has come that, and gone and i appreciate much of what they've done but step down alive, go know, away you, no you i agree people in there who are willing to fight really dirty i agree who are willing to employ the same tactics right we need to win back just as hard right right i mean right like i said yeah i mean i love president obama he should have told Merrick after about right. six months of, 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 of the Senate refusing to hold even a hearing, he should have said, I'm ordering him to report on the Supreme Court. Whatever. There's supposed to be nine members. Yeah. There's eight. I'm and, sick. And, yeah. And, and said, do something about okay. it. Okay. All right. But, okay. you know, that's, okay, Mitch McConnell, do that wasn't going to happen because, you know, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> All right. Bye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. God help us. I mean... It, yeah, you see how uh, everything, practically everything, the decent, gentlemanly, uncriminal, ethical, honorable Barack Obama did as president has in less than two years been wiped out. Wiped out by Donald Trump, and the wrecking crew is just warming up. You think it's bad now? I mean, I said this yesterday, I think. You think it's bad now, and then what happened after uh, the show, bang-o, Kennedy? You think it's bad now? God knows what's coming later this afternoon or tomorrow. And the day after that, and the day after that, it is going to get worse. 2.9 2.9 million, Brian says. That's how many votes Trump lost by. The real people we need to say fuck you to are the founding fathers. This electoral college bullshit totally reshaped the history of the world. And it gave us both Bush and Trump. That is correct. Supreme Court also gave us Bush. Right? including Anthony Kennedy. All right, um, guys, let's end on something a little less fractious. This, too, from the Wall Street Journal today. Uh, There's a bit of a local issue um, in uh, parts of San Diego, Hollywood, and Long Beach, California, and it's because Rite Aid drugstores there um, are using a certain tactic to get rid of uh, what they call, what are they calling these people, loiterers and panhandlers hanging out around their establishments. So what Rite Aid's been doing, and they say it is very successful, If you want to get rid of loiterers and panhandlers so that your customers don't have to deal with them as they come to your store, then what you do is you play incessant Barry Manilow songs into the parking lot, which is what they've been doing, and lo and behold, it works. It works. They go loiter and panhandle someplace else because nobody can take Mandy 20 times in a row. Nobody. Here's the problem. Other people like have businesses or live around there. And so other people are saying, hey, I can't. You've got to stop this. And uh, Rite Aid essentially said to them, well, what do you want? You want panhandlers? Or do you want Manilow? Because it's one or the other, apparently. Uh, So I think this is still sort of unresolved. (laughs) But, you know, it is not the first time that music has been used as a way to get rid of people you don't want around. Uh, Actually, uh, Barry Manilow's uh, work has been deployed as a weapon before. Uh, and isn't that how they got in Sydney, Australia? (laughs) 
all the way back in 2006, a, the city council in Sydney, Australia, used Barry Manilow's greatest hits to drive away local youth hanging out in car parks, revving their engines. So, oh, Barry Manilow, all right. Isn't that how they got, they, they were torturing Manuel Noriega when he was holed up at one point, the U.S. government was playing, I don't think it was Barry Manilow, but it was something they were playing. Yeah, music as torture. And I think they did that to the guys in Guantanamo. The CIA was using stuff on them too. Music. It's a riot. So anyway, there you have it. Just something uh, a little bit different. Here's a Bernie bro. Stop bitching at us. Hillary fucked us and rigged the DNC to benefit her. So because of that, you give us Donald Trump? You gave us Donald Trump! Own it! Own it! And Laura, we'll just set the record straight here and then I gotta go. Laura says, I could listen to Barry Manilow all day. There you have it. Goodbye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.